0: So, $20 a barrel, you cut it in half, either way, vertical or horizontal, depending on your root mm-hmm. depth of your plant. And you've got a nice, fully contained bed. Boom, ready to go, easy. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Off-Grid Outpost Podcast, where we discuss the journey to real liberty through self-sufficiency, counter-economics, non-aggression, and the agora.
0: The Outpost represents the border between societal norm and the pioneer spirit. Every episode contains practical, philosophical, and technical information you can use to gain the freedom you deserve. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Off-Grid Outpost Podcast, soon to be the off-grid agorist podcast little rebrand coming up yay yay i am with my co-host cyrus good morning and today we are talking about six different ways to grow a garden
1: yeah i remember when we started talking about off-grid living and and making that move man i i did so much research on gardening Growing food and all the different ways. Went down the permaculture rabbit hole. Mm. There's just a lot of different ways to do it. And there's a lot more than six. We're just going to talk about six.
0: I am nerding out so hard to gardening right now. It's insane. My garden nerdy levels are skyrocketing into the stratosphere. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I found there's a link between being a technical person and being a gardener. And I've always been very technical uh, as far as, like, computer repair, computer hardware, software, web design, crypto. And Mm -hmm. gardening is... It almost transfers into, like, technical.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. Because everything requires it's like writing code you have to do this in order to get that output you can do this hack or this trick to get this boost if you don't do this your shit will die
1: yeah it's
0: the same shit it's freaking code it's gardening code and you're cracking the code and so if you have a technical mind state you will transfer into gardening quite well I think
1: I never thought of it that way. That's cool.
0: Yeah, so I'm writing gardening code, and it's been very fascinating. (laughs) And I'm going to be a gardening developer before you know it. Full stack.
1: (laughs) Full stack developer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's
0: always one thing I regretted is not uh, becoming a full stack developer. Because I definitely have the mind for it, and I could be like an ultra mega like black hat hacker right now, making bajillions of dollars hacking into people's cryptocurrency wallets. But I would never do that because I'm not black hat.
1: <laughs> you could be. I
0: mean, I, yeah, I could. That's the thing is, I have the capacity, but I'm not. I'm not going to do it. But I almost wish I had uh, become a developer in my life. So now I'm a garden developer. And mm-hmm. website developer and crypto nerd. So enough about me. How about you? What's your gardening situation this year?
1: Uh, running a little behind, as usual. I'm always running behind on the garden. Right. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build some new raised beds this year. I'm going to use logs. Uh, I'm going to get some logs from the sawmill before they cut them up into lumber. And I'm mm. going to build some more raised beds. And we've been talking about planting nut trees ever since we moved out here. And I have yet to do it. So I'm going to make sure this year I plant some nut trees. Nice. hmm
0: Yeah. So we have basically a mesquite forest on our property. And mesquites are really uh, slow growers. But... In order to grow a mesquite from seed, it has to be digested by an animal because it has a hard outer shell. And through the digestion process, it releases the seed. Uh, And I've been noticing piles of shit all over my property that are full of mesquite seeds that are already digested. So I think I'm going to start like gathering seeds from, I'm pretty sure it's pig shit. Yeah.
1: Or you could just start eating seeds and saving your shit.
0: Well, and I thought about that too, but (laughs) I just don't think I'm going to do that.
1: Okay, well.
0: (laughs) The pigs are doing it for me, you know?
1: Right. I'm just saying it's an option.
0: It is, and the mesquite bean is actually a survival food. So uh, back in the old days, uh, when people were going through extreme drought or had bad harvests or bad crops in this area they would harvest the mesquite bean and they would turn it into like a meal cuz it can turn into its own flour eat it straight it was a it's a survival food and it's a high source of protein so i'm going to try some mesquite bean things i think this year cool just something you don't think about mesquite you know you don't think about mesquite beans mhm well that's cool um I've got a 30 foot by 45 foot gardening space this year. And half is going to be raised beds, which I'm using um, 55 gallon drums for the raised beds, which are mm-hmm. super affordable. Cause if you go to Lowe's and buy raised bed shit, they want so much money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: An astronomical amount of money to make raised beds from their materials. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I've always made raised beds out of scrap. You know, exactly
0: like I'm not exactly
1: I'm not paying for that high-end lumber for a raised bed.
0: Yeah, the kits they want, you know, between a hundred and two hundred dollars a kit for one raised bed. Mm-hmm. No thanks. I'm gonna cut a bar- barrel in half, twenty-dollar barrel. You can find them for free, too. They don't come up for free around here, though. So $20 a barrel, you cut it in half, either way, vertical or horizontal, depending on your Mm -hmm. root depth of your plant. And you've got a nice, fully contained bed. Boom, ready to go, easy. Yep. So half is raised bed, half is going to be traditional in-ground gardening, really more so as an experiment to see how the soil does here. To see if there's going to be any kind of critters that come around through the soil eating our stuff, you know. So we're doing a half and half.
1: Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea.
0: All right. So the first way to grow a garden is uh, the traditional row gardening method, as I had just mentioned I'm doing. Mhm. Do you care yeah. to elaborate on that?
1: Row gardening is the least expensive way to get into gardening you know you're not building anything for it unless you've got to fence it um, you just till up the ground start planting seeds basically and so
0: basically yeah a small curve of course learning you know
1: curve.
0: saying tilling up the ground okay let's dissect that a little bit because
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that is work
0: tilling is a shit ton of work
1: yeah yeah it is work and you don't have to own a tiller you can rent them for like forty dollars a day or if you know if you're really ambitious you can use a shovel and till it by hand oh man no one's ever done that before so
0: people have a dissonance of understanding how heavy dirt is and this is a well-known fact like on the pipeline so we'd always talk about you know trenches caving in on the pipeline and one of the big things that all these pipeline companies said is people underestimate the weight of dirt because it looks fluffy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dirt is so freaking heavy. So when you start tilling by hand, I mean, you're going to get wiped out fast. You're better off renting it'll, a machine. It'll wear to do you or. out.
1: Yeah, it'll wear you out. But I mean, people have been doing it for a long time. So it's oh, yeah. doable.
0: Yeah, it's doable.
1: And then, you know, a row garden is easy to organize. You know, you just lay out rows. You put a stake at one end, a stake in the other, and run a string line if you want it really perfect and start planting seeds on the string line. Every row can be one type of plant or half a row or however you want to do it. So row gardening is probably the easiest way to garden as far as organizing it and barrier to entry and implementation and all of that.
0: Right. You want to leave a decent amount of space in between your rows because your plants will get rather large and you want to make sure you have walking space in between. Mm -hmm. Which I learned uh, rookie mistake last year. Did not leave nearly enough space for walking around plants. There was enough space in between plants, but there wasn't enough space for me to get in there and actually work on them. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's find, traditional row yeah. gardening.
0: I find it aesthetically pleasing too to see like a row of onion, a row of carrot, a row of cabbage. Like I just like the linear mm. uh, aesthetics of the row. It's kind of it's very traditional, eclectic. I don't know. That's just me. yeah. Cool. Okay. How else? What else we got here? We got raised bed gardening number two. Yeah. If you have a bad back, do raised beds.
1: Right. Raised beds are good for people with physical limitations. There is a cost involved to build the beds. You know, you've got to make them out of something. Something. So you can salvage material and it'll take longer. You can buy material and get it done right away, but there's that cost. Yeah. Um, raised beds are make it easier to control weeds because you don't have weeds coming into the beds. Uh, as long as yeah. you start with a, a soil, you know if if you make your own soil and you grab you know rabbit stuff, or rabbit poop and chicken poop or cow shit or whatever. If you mix all that in there, you're going to get weeds because there are seeds in all of that.
0: Exactly. Uh, but if
1: you start with like a store-bought, sterilized potting soil, garden soil, then weed control is going to be really easy in a in a uh, raised bed. So that's an advantage.
0: It's expensive though. Oh my goodness, I it couldn't is. even imagine buying all that freaking packaged soil from the gardening center.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really me... expensive to do it that way.
0: Yeah, you'll spend 500 bucks just on soil. There's a lot of local resources if you start asking around um, for people in rural areas, at least, that make their own compost, that make their own planting soil that you can buy for way cheaper than packaged stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's probably way yeah. Be- better.
1: Yeah and dirt is always cheaper if you buy it by the truckload too so if you go somewhere where they sell topsoil by the you know by the yard it's a lot cheaper that way too rather than by yeah. the bag like at lowes
0: exactly exactly yeah i think raised beds i mean they're becoming more and more popular you can do so much diy raised bed stuff google it freaking youtube it people have tons of great ideas so then the third is straw bale gardening this is a little less common
1: yeah we've done some straw bale gardening and really liked it there's cost involved because you got to buy the straw bale so depending on your location straw can be really cheap or it can be really expensive So you've got to check into that before you decide. There is a, you have to prime the bales. So it takes like two weeks to get it ready before you can plant your uh, stuff in them. And there's a process, and you can look this up online, but there's a process in which you add nitrogen and you keep it wet for so many days. And you've got to add nutrients this way. And then after this two week long process, you're ready to plant in, and you just turn the bell on its side so that the cut ends of the straw is standing up. You add a layer of soil on top of it, plant into that, and then when you water it, the straw, because they're standing on end, and it's like a, you know, they're like little tiny straws, all the water gets soaked into it, and it holds the moisture really good.
0: Interesting. And
1: Whenever we've done straw bales, there's like hardly any weeds to pick either. Like there's just... Hmm. You just don't get weeds in straw bale gardening, which is really cool. That is cool. Because weeds can be the bane of your existence when it comes to gardening. They can completely take over if you let them. I hate weeding.
0: Yeah. I don't mind it because it's... You know, physical activity and gardening's becoming my gym, basically. So mm-hmm. I feel like the weeds will just give me that extra bit of workout. But my concern here is that uh, this a lot of our dirt out here has not been touched by real good watering for a long time. So mm-hmm. once we put water to it, what kinds of crazy gonna be coming out?
1: <laughs> right.
0: I'm actually curious to see what kind of dormant seed is just sitting. You know, because seed will be dormant for years and years, and then you'll have all kinds of rare, cool stuff come up along with a bunch of nasty weeds. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It'll be an interesting bio-experiment. And that's what gardening is. It's really an experiment.
1: Yeah, you learn something new every year.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of straw bale gardening. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But feed is going way up, so you're probably going to spend... I mean, well, everything's going way up. I always say, this is going way up. That is going way up. Everything's going way up. I'm sure everyone listening has seen the 50-cent jump in fuel prices.
1: Yep. It happened to to you in
0: Arkansas. Yep. Happened to us in Arizona. Happened in Montana. Montana had a huge jump in propane because there's so many propane-dependent people up there. Mm. And my buddy was saying it jumped a dollar a gallon, which is huge. Jeez. Yeah. Everything's going way up. So animal feed's supposed to go way up. I mean, because if you think about it, fuel fuels our economy. That's how our products move around. That's how things are delivered. That's how things run. Farming equipment... Tractors, energy, electricity is on fuel. So if fuel goes up, any commodity related to fuel goes up with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So including food, which is why we're doing a pretty large garden this year. Vertical gardening, gardening technique number four.
1: Yeah. Vertical gardening is really good. If you just don't have a lot of space. Yep. And, You know, you can YouTube vertical gardening, and there's all kinds of cool ideas out there about how to do vertical gardening. There's so many DIY things. How to make a vertical garden using PVC, using pallets, using all kinds of stuff. There's Uh, a
0: lot of cool vertical gardening techniques.
1: Making, like, strawberry towers and lettuce towers. and Yeah, there's some cool stuff. And that's ideal for... Someone with limited space.
0: Yeah, you can vertical garden in a closet with some LED grow lights.
1: Yeah, you can do it totally indoors if you want, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, LED grow lights have changed the indoor growing experience because the ballast grow lights were, they sucked up so much energy. They costed a Mm -hmm. fortune. They released so much heat then LED grow lights came around and now you can affordably grow indoors so if you're in an urban environment vertical gardening indoors is really accessible now Mm -hmm. another thing I like about vertical gardening is it lifts your produce off the ground so you're not getting things growing you know your produce growing in dirt and bugs getting to it and you know you get that side of the produce that's been sitting in dirt that's calloused Mm -hmm. you won't get that so what you do is when you have like a large plant vertically you put like a like panties on it i don't know if you've seen the panty slings that people make (laughs) <laughs> nope. for their watermelons and their shit that's growing
1: vertical. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, it's yeah, kind I of have. hilarious. Squash I mean, if I'm going to do
0: that, I'm going to, like, go to the thrift store and buy some, like, funky like, secondhand panties for that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing Victoria's Secret. My Victoria's Secrets aren't hanging in the garden this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get some Walmart panties for that, but you will need a sling or a support for larger producing fruits that are growing vertical. All right, moving on to gardening technique number five, container gardening. That's what we're doing this year.
1: Well, you'll have to tell me how that goes. I, I'm, I've am i never had very much luck with container gardening. I think there are, there's just tricks to it, and I'm not sure what there are. Be, I don't know but I've tried it a number of times and I know you can do it cause I've seen people doing it and really successful at it. So
0: another I think the one first, for
1: small spaces.
0: Yep. Yeah. And if you have a problem with gophers and critters and vermin, which there are, I call them atomic gophers because they're gophers on steroids. They're nuclear gophers that California has a gopher epidemic where you just can't get rid of them. So you're either digging up the ground every year and putting that barrier stuff in the ground or your container gardening. But uh, one trick I know with the container gardening is the layering system, which I learned from an organic uh, farming gal. So you want a good base layer of gravel, like one and a half inch gravel on the bottom and then another layer of compost and then your layer of topsoil is how she said to do successful container gardening. Uh
1: Maybe I'll give it another go.
0: Yeah, you've got to have the drainage. So obviously drainage holes. You know, got to have good drainage. And then you got to think about the drainage underneath too. So you can have drainage holes, but if you plop it on something that's going to not let that water escape, you know, you've got to kind of probably prop them up or you put Mm -hmm. it on a well-draining soil and then put your layer of gravel for drainage and then your layer of compost and then your layer of topsoil and it should be ready to rock in theory. I'll let you know how that goes.
1: I've seen people growing like uh, dwarf orange trees and things like that because since it's in a container, if you have the space indoors you bring it in over the winter, it yeah. stays alive. And then you take it back outside when spring arrives. Yep.
0: Yeah. I wonder if you could planket a tree to, to keep the warmth in. Like, I know you can wrap fig trees and they'll come back every year. I don't know. i have to look into that more. You know, I'm talking about like a planket, like a plant blanket. Mm-hmm. I think I want to make a DIY plant blanket because, again... They charge an arm and a leg for the fucking, pardon my French, for the freaking, uh, Planket brand. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got to be a way to make a Planket. I mean, it could just be as simple as a tarp. Just tarp your plants.
1: Well, you should check to see if there's any YouTube University courses.
0: DIY Planket. Mm-hmm. If this year goes good... I'm going to give it this year. Like, I'll probably make some gardening videos this year for maximum off-grid. But if I can pull this year off with, like, a really nice, good garden, I'm going to go heavy-duty into gardening tutorials, I think. Good idea. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Um, Containers, you can use pretty much anything. I'm using – I got uh, cloth containers. I got 10-gallon cloth containers to try this year, along with my 55-gallon barrel drums. So. Right. I'm going to do potatoes in containers. I'm going to do potatoes in the ground. Um, That'll be interesting to see how much production, ground potatoes versus container potatoes. And then last but not least, six out of six, the biggie, permaculture gardening. Dun, dun, dun. It's awesome. It
1: is awesome. Yeah. There's... The learning curve in permaculture is huge, though. Mm -hmm. Like, permaculture could be its own podcast.
0: The permaculture podcast.
1: There probably is a podcast for just permaculture already.
0: Well, there's there's universities for permaculture. There's books upon books, volumes of books on permaculture. You can go... There's a guy that'll do like a six-week course. Who knows how many thousands of dollars it costs to go attend his Mm -hmm. course in person to check out Mm -hmm. his permaculture Shangri-La. Basically, permaculture is you're working with the natural processes.
1: You're designing your food production as if nature did it herself. Exactly. Exactly you're trying your best to create those balances that nature does on its own automatically. And if done correctly, you can create literally a food forest that requires no maintenance at some point. You get it to the point where it's mature and you just walk out and pick food and it's just there.
0: Yeah. This would be a very interesting place to try permaculture.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Because we're, we're desert, Arizona, but we're mountain desert. We're like Sky Island uh, area, which is like a micro biodome in itself. It's very unique. So we get mountain temperatures, yet we have desert landscape. And we have trees and shit. This is like a living desert. It's not hmm. just barren, you know. It's different. So, in order to develop a permaculture system here would be highly unique and actually really badass.
1: Yeah. It would be, well, it would be anywhere really. But it's also. It would be anywhere. It's a process. Like every year you're adding to this permaculture plan. You know, you can't just decide to, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to have a permaculture food forest this year. Like, it's not going to work. It's. It's a process that happens and matures over time, over seasons.
0: Lifelong, actually, depending on where you're at.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Some areas grow super fast, like tropical, subtropical. Plants Mm -hmm. compete uh, for the light, so they grow super fast. But here in the desert, it's the opposite. Like everything grows super slow. So that would be a 10-year thing. Maybe I should start this year. Just slowly making a permaculture area. Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of, uh, like you said, lifelong learning.
1: Yeah, and you can mix all of these. You know, you can do all of them at the same time, too. You can start your permaculture plan design while you're doing a traditional... Row garden with some raised beds in half of it, like you're doing, and along with some container gardening, and do a few straw bales. Like you can do it all. Right. You don't have to pick one or the other.
0: Yeah. Experimenting, I think, is the key mm-hmm. to figuring out what works best for you and your environment. Absolutely. And one honorable mention in the permaculture is the hoogle culture. Mm hmm. Which is. I have no gardening... idea if you said that right. ...Hugelkultur?
1: Like it's a weird name. It's a weird word when you look at the spelling.
0: Hugelkultur. I feel like I'm going to hawk a luggie, to be honest, <laughs> when I say that word. Hugelkultur. <laughs> it's a German thing. It is the horticultural technique where a mound constructed from decaying wood debris and other compostable biomass plant materials is later planted as a raised bed. So you have like Mm -hmm. a mound and then the heart of the mound is the woody material. And then there's a leaf uh, material, a compost material and a topsoil material. And you create this mound that basically feeds itself.
1: All that organic matter inside the mound is breaking down over time, adding nutrients to the mound.
0: Yeah, you know, that would actually work out really good here on the property because we have tons of mesquite wood, just tons of it, and Mm. mesquite leaves, and this, like, beautiful mesquite compost. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I'm going to make, I'm going to do a couple hoogle culture mounds. Cool. I might, I might do that today, actually.
1: Takes a lot of dirt.
0: Well, we have a lot of dirt. (laughs) We have a lot of wood and we have a lot of dirt. So I feel like we're already ahead of the game.
1: <laughs> You're there. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's all the gardening tech- we- techniques we have for you today. Like Cyrus said, there's many, many more. But those are probably your foundational techniques.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can find information all over the Internet on all of those.
0: Yeah. I'm feeling like I'm going to have to contribute to in, uh, Internet information and my mm-hmm. experimentations—that'll be fun. Do another
1: eight or do another eight or ten thousand word post.
0: You know I love my my ebook <laughs> posts, <laughs> my book size posts. I just start like, I, once I start, I can't stop. Let's just put it that way. The bane of being a writer. Oh, geez, it's painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's painful, and I love it. Well, everybody. I want to direct you to the offgridoutpost.com soon to be offgridagoras.com you can uh, go there and shoot us an email correspond with us we have free downloads, we have ebooks we have some cool shit on there it's about to get a lot cooler because I'm doing a major like offgridagoras 2.0 upgrade Mm-hmm. Yeah, the website's yeah, got awesome. to get a massive facelift. And, yeah, you're doing something cool. You want to give us a little sneak peek into your latest project?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've started another podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry, I have to laugh. I have to laugh I because so you much... just love to make more work for yourself.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I still had a couple hours during the day, so... I figured uh-huh. I had to add more work. And, uh, yeah. But the podcast is called Still in the Clear. And it's all about making your own shine, home distilling. I and, love that uh, name. Yeah. Still in the Clear. And actually, that name was provided by somebody in our Moonshine for Beginners group at MeWe. I kind of did a little. Hey, let's start a podcast. Uh, throw out some ideas for names, and um, yeah, so it Brilliant. is an awesome name.
0: You need to send that guy an and, ebook.
1: Yeah, Brandon Rose is who he was. Who he he still is, Brandon. Rose. He
0: still Brandon. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, but yeah, so there's a podcast. There's a there's a website by the same night, by the same name, still in the Hell yeah. And, um,
0: it's not built yeah, yet. Yeah, it's going to.
1: Uh, yeah, it's not built up yet. Well, the site is built and it's oh, really okay. bare right now. You can actually go to the site and look at it. And uh, all that is there is the trailer for the podcast. It's like two minutes long if you want to listen to the trailer. Might as well. And it. Mm-hmm. Um, it officially launches
0: still March in the clear dot wait still in the clear.com still no in
1: i the not no still in s-t-i-l-l-n
0: oh you didn't put an i in there now no. i see oh okay still because
1: it's hillbilly it's not still in it's still in, still
0: in the clear like you're oh.
1: like you're running a still. you're running a gotcha. moonshine still, so it's still in the clear
0: Still in... Oh, I see now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You need to buy... Okay, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to buy Still in the Clear with the I and hyperlink that to Still in the Clear. you got to. Because
1: people are going to type that in. Yeah.
0: I just did it. And we've been talking about your project for days and I just did it. <laughs> okay, let's look at your website. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Still in the Clear podcast. Join in the mash oh you can sign up for the newsletter on there I would definitely recommend going and getting into the newsletter and podcast episodes yeah this is great uh, I don't yeah okay you, um, there's something yeah, going gonna on yeah it's going to be a podcast. lot of fun yeah cool I love it
1: so check it out if you're interested in home distillation it's an awesome off-grid hobby it's a great uh, survivalist skill set Oh, yeah. Yeah, go check it out.
0: Now I want to, you know, I want to make my own clear.
1: You should absolutely do it.
0: I'm going to. Damn it. (laughs) I'm going to. Damn it. All right, y'all. Signing out until next time. Talk to you later. Later.